You know what it sounds like when a champion drinks? Mm. No, what does it sound like? <laughs> To you live from the Kosher Studios in Woodridge, Illinois. This is Behind the Destruction, the Demolition Derby podcast. And now, your hosts, Chris Newmer and Steve Kersky Jr. Welcome to Behind the Destruction. All right. This is episode number 15 of Behind the Destruction. We're back. Our winter hiatus is over. We're back in... Well, I'm wearing jeans, so black. Yeah, we're, we're back in black. I'm Chris Newmer. With me, as always, 2011 national champion demo driver. And a man who is the inspiration for Latin recording artist Paulina Rubio's hit singles, Casanova and Ocha Pulgadas Utilaliza... Para significar algo para mia, which loosely translates to eight inches used to mean something to me, Steve Gursky Jr. Yep, that's me. So, Steve, uh, what have you been up to during uh, our imposed uh, winter break here? A, a little bit of uh, everything, I guess you could say. Some working, a lot of working, more working. Lots of working, uh, putting a lot of time in, in the shop. Building some demo engines. Hope that turns out well. Um, you know, just getting ready for this next year, you know. I do. Because you actually, after taking 2012 off, are returning to the demo circuit this year. Yeah, I guess you can say that. I, I'm curious now. Like, this was your first sabbatical. Like, 2012 was your first sabbatical. Uh, how, how did it, like, treat you? Like, did it give you any kind of perspective on uh, the sport as a whole? Um, yeah, you know, I mean, uh, I enjoyed watching it a lot. You know, it, it was, uh, it was good to see it. It was good to, you know, not have to have to worry about having cars built or actually go to the race and have a good time, have a few cocktails, you know, yeah. Yeah. well, um, you know, just kind of getting back into it this year just to, you know, help out, uh, some new guys going on to team reckoning and, um, I won't do much driving at all unless, you know, junkyard dogs and uh, try to kill any of them, I guess. So, You know, the the normal, the usual deal. Yeah. I do remember, I, I can't remember whether it was uh, August or July or August last year that you and I were talking. You were down at the races and, and uh, you were just watching it going, who the hell does this? Who would be so stupid as to do this? Do you see all the time that these guys are spending What's going on? I can never do this again. Well, it, it, it's it's funny that you bring that up um, because, you know, getting a chance to actually sit back and watch it, you do think that. Because when you're in the car and you're racing, um, let's say your race is, you know, I mean, I've been in a race that's been uh, just over two minutes. I've been in a race that's been 15 minutes long. On average, you say six minutes, let's say. Yeah. Um, feels like a long time when you're in the car. You sit back and you watch the race. And it's like, yeah, you know, there goes eight cars that guys, you know, spent a lot of time on the build and they're gone in, you know, five to six minutes. And I'm assuming that, like, watching time is different than driving time in the sense that if you have a if you have a four-minute race, 
and you're driving in it, it could feel like it's 15 minutes. And if you're watching it, you're like, well, that was 34 and a half seconds. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it, it goes a lot longer when you're in the car. Um, you know, that race that uh, we were in, and I think it was 2010, it was like over 15 minutes. And I think, you know, out of the eight cars on track, I think there was two dead cars. Another one was stuck, and the rest of them had – it was only one guy that had steering, you know. Mm-hmm. That race went on forever. I mean, there was time I shut the car off, holding the guy, just kind of hanging out, you know. And it was like, well, oh, heck, I'll, I'll fire it back up and go hit someone in the driver's door. Um, true story. <laughs> that actually is funny because it is a true story. But I did not have steering, so – Mm-hmm. I'm That's sure the, you could have cut the. Uh, I'm sure you could have cut off the gas a little bit, but this is neither here nor there. So, like coming back to it this year, uh, after seeing the time spent, after seeing all of this, are you approaching it with a newfound either respect or uh, devil may care attitude? Like whatever, I'm spending 20 hours in a car, and if it takes longer than that, it's just not getting done. Well, <clears throat> what I'm what I am on the team is I'm more of a a backup driver consultant. So, you know, it's been, it was wanted to be a secret, let, you know, let everyone think that I was racing, you know, that's what the, the idea was, I guess, or something like that. But, um, realistically the guys on the team set up the, my car, I'm getting another car from uh speedy Steve. Fulbrecht. Yep. And, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to come down there, throw an engine in and, uh, sit back up. So, you know, I just, I don't have time to, to do it, to build it, but. Um, you know, they got their four main drivers. I'm, I'm not the fifth man. I am just the backup man. So, um, it's just nice to, the way you like it. Oh yeah. Just the way I like it. Um, it's nice to, to help the guys out and. Well, this is your former team that you won the championship with in 2011. Yeah. You know, it, it's, um, you know, Brian and, uh, Brian Anderson and Speedy Steve Ulbrich, they're, uh, original guys. They, they're bringing in two new guys and uh, Ryan Decker and uh, Andrew Sherman. And, you know, it's, it's exciting, I guess, to see, you know, like what Andrew Sherman can do. Um, Funny how you go with that one. I would have been like, wow, it's going to be interesting to see what uh, former league MVP Ryan Decker is going to be doing. But well, you do remember that he won MVP, correct? I believe it was in 2011. Was that correct? I, I do believe he got a placard of some sort. Yes. Yeah. So... Maybe the name on it, I think, might have been wrong. but You know, I'm realizing with each passing year that that joke where you lost the MVP to him is losing its weight. Like 2020, we'll be talking to Decker. I'll be like, yeah, he won MVP, didn't you? You'll be like, uh, did he? Oh, no, yeah, I guess he did. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah uh, I forgot about that. You know, it, uh, Ryan's a good driver, and uh, he's he's got a little uh, – he's got a show. You know, there's I guess there's some bad blood by leaving Mean Green Machine and going to, uh, to Reckoning and, uh, you know – I wouldn't say he's got pressure on him, but, you know, he has to just show that he can do the same or better than what he did on uh, on being green. Um, and, you know, he, he's – I think he can do it. Um, True. Just for me, it's it's a little bit more exciting for Andrew Sherman because, you know, he uh, he didn't race a full season with Damage Inc. And, um, you know, Damage Inc. did well with him. Um, so he's going to be a full-time lap runner with Brian Anderson. So – um, it's going to be, it's going to be good. Well, yeah. I mean, cause last year when, uh, Andrew Sherman was running, uh, I, I think his nickname was, wait, who is that guy? Like he just kept going. Like you, you had no clue he was out there. He just kept ticking off laps, just checking them off and the checkered flag would win. And people would be like, 
wait, what? Did somebody won? And yeah. it was always Andrew Sherman. I was like, who the fuck is this guy? And where did he come right, from? Exactly. And, and, you know, with Team 8, I, I want to say that uh, um, some of the guys on the team would switch their numbers around. Mm-hmm. And some wouldn't. And even to even now, you know, if I watch a video, I even ask Andrew, okay, which guy are you? You know, I, I, you don't know. Yeah. I mean, they, they switched some guys in and out, and he was kind of a, I guess he's, he's kind of ghostly out there. So, yeah. Well, I think that is the perfect pickup. Uh, that's the perfect pickup for Reckoning because you need a guy like that. I mean, you need, like, somebody crafty who's just going to fly under the radar like that? I mean, that's perfect. Um, Reckoning has won two championships in a row. I meant driver-wise. Driver-wise, I don't think there's anyone out there that's going to be under the radar. Um, they're the team, you know, I guess I'll, we're the team. That that's right. You know, it, it, that they're really going to gun for. Um but I will say those guys have to work cut out for him. So. <laughs> yeah, Brian fucking Anderson. <laughs> you know, and Brian's got a he's got a lot of pressure on him. You know, he had a um, you know uh, Wally Hartung last year. Um, you know, got more checkered flags than him. I know that that probably would would bother Brian. Um, so you know, th- now this year instead of having a veteran guy, uh, he's kind of got uh, yeah. He's gonna have to make year. do with uh, he's gonna have to make do with Ryan Decker. God, Lord knows how this is gonna happen. Well, you know, having two good crushers goes a long way for lap running. Um, well, listen, Decker can do it all. We've seen it. I mean, he, the only reason he's not winning races, and I mean like right now, is because he's choosing not to. It's because it's, like, it's off season. Yeah, no, no, no. That it's like Ryan Decker facts. You know this. What were you telling me earlier when Alexander Graham Bell invented the telephone? There were two messages on his machine from Ryan Decker or something like that? No, no. That was Chuck Norris. Oh, I'm sorry. Something, you have to understand, sometimes I confuse the two. Yes, you do get very confused. Um, no, but back to, I mean, you're looking at Ryan Decker, um, you know, coming on the team. Um, um that's that's good. That was like your big big name signing in the off season. Oh no, very much LeBron um, James like. Right, but then you know you're getting, I mean Andrew Sherman. I mean he comes in and I think you, you know you're gonna get more production out of him than you thought. Is what I'm guessing. Yeah, I'm also gonna go out on a limb and say I'm gonna guess you're gonna get less production from Decker than you would have thought because I think like we see, you see this sometimes where. Um, People key in on certain players. It's like we need to shut down X player. We need to shut down X driver. And so they focus their energy on shutting those guys down, and it's up to the other players on the team to beat them. It's like if I'm looking at Reckoning, I'm going, I need Andrew Sherman to beat me. Uh, because yeah. you know, it's, it's you know, when, and when I was really into racing, that's how we did it. And, the, and you look at the good teams that are championship teams, um, there's no one guy you could do that. And – 2008 with um, junkyard dogs the drivers they had then you couldn't say oh go after that guy and we're gonna win yeah you know it was well we're all gonna have to go after someone or outrun somebody to win the race or kidnap somebody before the race starts you know little things like that right. yeah you know and and now kind of getting in with um reckoning you know decker's production may go down a little bit because now he's got a, a premier crusher with him um, not saying that, you know, Zach was, you know, was horrible. Zach Van Allen. He did, you know, he, Zach really came on last year, in my opinion. Um, you know, and I think it's having another crusher that's good, um, boosts the other crusher. 
mm-hmm. and you know, and then having two good crushers really helps out the lap running. Um, you know, especially if you have two intimidating guys, it seems to, you know, when your crushers are clicking, it's easy to run laps. This, this is true. So are you itching at all to get out there like on a, I don't want to say full-time basis, but you know, a couple of races here or there at all? Well, you know, truth being told, oh yeah, I love racing. I love to be out there. Um, it's time consuming. Um, that's why, you know, I don't, I don't do it. I still consider myself to be, uh, in a retired role, more of a, you know, I'm not that old, but as more of the guiding hand, I guess. The Obi-Wan Kenobi yeah, of, something like of that. the team. But, um, yeah, there's, um, some people I'd really like to race against, I guess. And then, uh, there's definitely a team I'd really like to race against. I don't understand what your fascination with Seek and Destroy is, but touche. <laughs> um, no, I just, I would, it'd be a, a blast to, to race against Orange Crush. Um, when, if they draw each other, I'd like to get the chance because, uh, my brother is actually on that team. So, um, it's one of those where we've always raced together. We've never raced against each other. And he thinks that he could, you know, stop my lap running. So it'd be really, it'd be a blast to race against him. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's all I got to say. How do I argue with that? It it seems perfectly reasonable, perfectly logical. Now, let me ask you this. Um, As a, as a spectator, Last year, did you pick up on any things, not that you were doing wrong, but that you're sort of, you looked at and were like, huh, you know, I think I'd like to try that. Um, car wise, maybe other than that, um, when I left, when I left racing, it was one of those deals where, um, I didn't leave because I thought I was the best or anything like that. I knew I had, uh, I still had a lot of room for improvement, but you know, it was, um, no, yeah. your wife put down the ultimatum, and yeah. uh, she had that personal trainer of hers that was waiting in the wings, and you made the choice that I think at least you know forty-eight to fifty percent of us would have made. Yeah, no, it come down to a, it's um, you know I run my own business, and that suffered because of the, because of wanting to win so much, and how much mental, uh, I guess, time and energy that you put into it. You know, some guys can just do it for fun, which I just I. I can't understand the fun part of it, but the winning is the, the fun part. Exactly. You know, for me, it was definitely race to win, not race to have a good time. That would come with the winning. But it's funny you say that, though, because there was so much stress on you to actually win and thus have fun that it stopped being fun. Yep. And that's when I knew once it stopped being fun all the time, even after a win, you know, that's, well, man, got to, you know, blew an engine down a bunch of tires, got to build three cars, and it's, you know, this isn't fun anymore. So the NBA season, like, you know, they, they meet at the end of August. The preseason is in September and October. And then the playoffs end, like, mid-June. Uh, basically, nine months out of the year, you're you're in for some NBA action of some sort. Uh, it's sort of like the reverse of that with the, with the Demolition Derby season in that uh, the grand majority of the year, you know, like, you start October, November, December, January, February, March, April. You, you don't have any cars crashing anywhere. And it, it I, I was thinking about this uh, during our hiatus that 
it's got to be really tough to improve as a demo driver because you know you like if you're playing basketball you're playing football you can lift weights they have spring practices you can you can do this but it's like there's not a whole lot that you can do to improve in the off season no i mean you know i know sycamore does some stuff later and i don't know how early they start but other than you know driving like an idiot around you know illinois yeah so that's about it i mean you know i mean they could do um kind of like a a demo preseason get a bunch of front wheel drive cars and just you know let the guys go out and just wreck them i guess Mm -hmm. get their get their backs and necks in shape i don't know that's what makes the sport interesting because the first race um isn't do or die but the second third and fourth they are whereas you know you look at your you, you compare it to an nba season okay wow so you're telling me their first 30 games really mean anything no well they do if they lose all 30 well you can bounce back <laughs> yeah depends on what division you're in yeah okay that is you know true. and you know lo- let's look at baseball wow i mean you can drop 40 games in the, in the beginning and turn around and come back and be in the World Series. So, sure, you know that stuff. Whatever football, you know preseason's useless. And then you look at it, you know, it, you know you can start four four games. Well, the preseason is useless in the sense that it's not. I don't want to say people aren't going hard, but it's like they're trying to preserve their bodies for the season. And what struck me as interesting about demolition derby is that there really is no way to prepare for it or to practice for it other than to actually do it i mean you can get in shape i know when i started um kind of you know 2006 i was in the weightlifting 2007 2008 9 that played a difference you know you start when i stopped doing it um you started winning championships yeah, and that's one thing but i started getting banged up pretty good you know it, you could feel a lot more now that's actually something that I don't think I've ever heard, read, or seen talked about. Well, most of the guys are, uh, let's say nicely, they're not in top physical condition. No, no, not at all. I mean, there, there is, uh, you know, five nine two fifty. This is not actually and that's just the, the ladies. <laughs> this is just the ladies. I mean, it's we'll, like we'll edit that out. I think we just lost half our listening audience there. Uh, it, it's like it's like something out of The Hobbit. I mean, it's like you look at the people and you're like, my God, you know, uh, you know, our our mutual friend Brian Anderson uh, talks about how his gut helps him because he puts it between the steering wheel and he looks at it as sort of like a brace between him and the steering wheel. Well, he, you know, he he did say that. Uh, you know, his belly sticks out farther than his arms can reach. So he mm-hmm. doesn't even hold the wheel when he takes a shot. So No. Hey, whatever. Whatever works for you, I guess. So how how did working out actually impact you? Like where did you notice it the most? Uh I didn't feel as sore uh after a race weekend. Um if I did get banged up, obviously I was in good enough shape that you're talking a week later I'm fine. You know, mm-hmm. if you get some um deep thigh bruises from getting drivers doored by your brother but um you know it's you had more control you know i mean it's one of those where um even after i stopped working out you know lifting and you know i never i can hold my head off the steering wheel whereas some guys you watch them and you know they hit something and there it goes their face is planted into the steering wheel and stuff um but i think it was just your recovery time after a race weekend was a lot faster. 
You know, a lot of people, when you make mention of steroids, everyone thinks about like getting big, getting huge, like, uh, you know, bodybuilder. And that's certainly one purpose for them. But a lot of the P- a lot of the players that have been involved with PED scandals recently haven't been taking them to get big. They've been taking them to recover more quickly. Right. And it just struck me when you said that. I was like, oh, my God, Demolition Derby would be the perfect place for, like, human growth hormone or something like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's not enough rage out there to begin with. So, (laughs) no, it's, you know, uh, it's it's like steroids add to your natural. I mean, if you're in shape and you get hurt, you can recover. If you're a fat slob, you get hurt, it takes a long time to recover. So does age. Yeah. Uh, you know, in, in things like the UFC, most of the guys are on roids until they fight. Mm-hmm. And it is because, you know, they just got their face pounded in or they, you know, someone put them in an arm bar and about ripped their arm off. So it's a recovery for, you know, in three months until their next fight. I'm wondering whether that would actually be something that uh, I don't want to say would be prescribed, but whether that would actually impact the way the races were held and conducted. Uh, like, okay, like, I mean, you've raced something a number of seasons. Are, is your body physically dragging come September? Like, you've raced five races, you know, you're there, you've you've had a long season. Like, come September, are you like, I'm ready for my body to rest for a couple of months? You know, it's it's not that bad because you have a month. You have a month in between the races. Um, if we raced weekly and had, say, you know, out of the month you had three races, you know, and then you had – you know, a week off, and then you had three races, and then had a week off. Yeah, after a while, you'd be like, "I'm I'm done done with this." You know, um, it's more um, you're tired of working on cars. You're tired of uh, you know the mental part of it. You know, uh, you know trying to you know some races just trying to get up. You know, to want to race. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like how do how do I describe that? You've already put Cypress Hill on the radio. It's just not doing it. You're right. You know, I mean, you always want to race, but it's like one of those where, you know, you draw a team that's, you know, you just you just busted your ass to get all three of your cars done. You know, you got two mint 77 caddies for your 80s round. You know, a nice, you know, say Mark IV or something, and you go out and you draw Smash, Bash, and Crash. Ah, yes, and you go, the worst team in history. And then you're going, oh, well, great. Now, and the other guys on the team are saying the same thing. Oh, so now we're going to go out there and basically fuck around and wreck a car that we bust their ass on, and their cars, they just painted them. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, wait, wait, that's, wait, 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 wait. They did not paint their cars. They did not never just paint their cars. Well, they didn't make them run. That's for damn sure. This is true. These are not mutually exclusive concepts. I wonder... Like, uh, you know, you hear about baseball players talking about the the good old days of greenies, which were uh, amphetamines. I wonder if those would be like mental steroids. Like, they just sort of focus you a little bit. It's like, okay, I'm just going to focus on this. I'm going to keep car building. Hey, honey, where's my where's my meth? Uh, oh, jeez. Uh, no, I think probably the drug of choice. Speed? <laughs> it's like you can stay up all night keeps you focused and for no. some reason you want you wonder why those bugs under your left arm are uh, still not going away after all that picking yeah you know it's you know most guys uh use tobacco products most guys smoke that's how they do the long hours um some guys don't i mean there's no i don't you know i don't think there's a drug that's going to make you race better i don't think there's a drug that's going to make you do build better cars i'm sure it'll make you build cars faster if <laughs> some of them but uh you know what i mean it's 
the sport is wouldn't benefit from roids or human growth hormones or meth or speed or coke wouldn't benefit from it we hope that does not mean that all you drivers out there should not continue to experiment though that's yeah. good yeah it'll be next thing you know it'll be we'll be racing in columbia that's right <laughs> but it is a it is a funny thought to think about a demolition derby driver with roid rage going on i mean it seems like some have it now <laughs> i mean and you're like oh my god i can't imagine because you actually when you play well you played semi-pro football yep you dealt with some people who were on who were doing steroids then didn't you yeah you know and the testing in the league was um here and there type thing kind of like the surprise test at work you know hey mm-hmm. we're having a drug test and you know you got picked that's kind of how it was uh when there was blatant um steroid use in the league um that's one of the reasons why i got out of it i mean um you're hitting guys that's like trying to you know, it's like tackling a tree it doesn't move you know um well there was one guy in particular i remember uh i think you said he might have been a linebacker that he had gone from like 270 and fat to like 250 and just cut well he well what do you he was Right around about 255, and he dropped down to 235 for middle linebacker. And, um, you know, I was pretty fast. And we're talking within just an offseason coming back. You know, he was all of a sudden faster than me. Um, and he was kind of one of those pudgy guys, solid build, but kind of pudgy. Yeah. And now he's just a ripply man. Yeah, just like me, yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Not quite that bad, you know. but um, And just an attitude to boot. You know, and uh, yeah, he he Latimered himself. That's what he did. Yeah, I mean, it was the program. I can't believe you're not doing that into the mic. Well, then I have to smell it. (laughs) It's that fucking hot dog, dude. It was good stuff. I don't eat spicy peppers, so. But you did like the the hot dog, though, didn't you? I did like it, yeah. I got. I brought Steve a hot dog from renowned hot dog establishment, Jeans and Jude. And uh, this the burping you're hearing is the after effect of Steve's singular hot dog that was consumed about an hour ago. Sport peppers. Sport peppers are doing it. Yep. And there was no steroids in it. So, uh, but your middle linebacker. Yeah. You know, he, uh, you know, I won't say his name or anything, but, you know, he... He was, uh, he just turned into a beast. I mean, he was always a good player. Mm-hmm. You know, he always was. And, um, you know, I don't, he wasn't that much older than I was. I'd say probably a year or two, I'd say. And it wasn't like age was slowed him down at the time. It's just, no. uh, it was something he decided to do. Um, and, you know, we knew each other. And he was like, oh, hey, man, you got to do this. You know, the recovery, you know, uh, at that time I had a, um, uh, a quad that was bothering me. Oh, this would take care of that, you know. And it doesn't take care of it. What it does is kind of covers it up, takes away pain, and like a cortisone and, shot, right? Kinda. And then when you rehab it, it helps strengthen. It actually yeah. it gets better, you know. And at the time, I'm playing at like I'm playing safety at like two fifteen, and he's like, oh, he goes with your build, you know, you'll be right around about you know two thirty, two thirty five, and uh, you know, I've never seen a safety weigh two hundred thirty five pounds and you know semi-pro ball no. semi-pro ripley man you know it's it, uh you know it's something i didn't do and um you know i got an attitude as it is and um he ended up uh stabbing some guy at a bar one night so you know you just can't see these things coming <laughs> no no uh, so yeah that was my experience 
Hmm. What, were, what were we talking about? I'm totally lost now. The we re- went from we're steroids and team demo. It's an epidemic now. It, yeah, I know. Sports Illustrated's going to have a uh, sport. Sports Illustrated's going to have an expose on it any day now. You know, track marks, needles hanging off arms in the demo car, and you know they must be injecting them in their bellies. Yeah, yeah, to get it going on. <laughs> that is sad. I just got that picture. Um, no, but the the recovery time, like, uh, I think. I can't even remember which year, whether it was last year in 2012 or 2011, but your teammate, Steve Volbrecht, uh, actually broke his back in the August race, and he was back racing in September. And I don't know if any people know about this, but, like, I'm not making this up. I'm not exaggerating it. Literally, the man broke his back in the August race, and four weeks later was back on the track. It, It was five. It five was weeks, five weeks. So, yeah. so I, you know, I, and the, when you bring it up that way, it changes everything. Right. I, I was wrong, but I mean, he had a fractured vertebrae. Come on, it. Te- but you know what? The vertebrae that he fractured qualifies as a broken back. Like that's the thing. It's like I was looking it up online. I was like, how much can I actually say that he did? And I'm looking. I'm like, oh my god, holy shit! It. He actually broke his back. That's yeah. that's the way it's diagnosed yeah, and it you know it's it's dedication to the team i'm just wondering what uh i'm wondering what volbrecht could have done if he had just had a little bit of that juice lying around <laughs> a little roids in his back yeah although i'll tell you what volbrecht is one guy i don't want to see with roid rage because the thing that's funny about him is when it's not when he's not racing like uh 360 days of the year sweetest guy in the world like you use terms like uh pussy cat no i mean sweetest guy in the world nicest guy in the world you show up on race day and he's talking about killing people and like ripping their heads off and it's like uh where where did uh where did the other guy go yeah obviously uh team demos is his you know, way to get some aggression out, I'm guessing. Yeah. You know, he, it's he, it's totally different. You build up a lot of that aggression, and then you just unload it all over the faces of the guys that are in the sport with you. Steve, don't spit that out through your nose. Yeah. But it's like, you know, one of the going back to the preparation in the off season thing, you know, a lot of the leagues, a lot like I know this is true for Team Demo. I know this is true for some of the other demolition derbies. They have videos of the races that are edited, put online, some of the stuff that's on YouTube. Have you found that like actually watching them in any way assists you either as driving or car building? Um, Not not driving so much because of, you know, the track. You know, now that they do all this figure eight and spectator car stuff, um, you know, go back to like 2008, the track was, you know, at its deepest, um, you know, it's pretty flat track at its deepest, you might get five inches of mud, you know, Mm -hmm. it's decently wet. Now with all the traffic on the track, it's, you know, you get some pretty deep mud. So, I mean, it's, it changes, Um, you know, I usually would run the same line, but what it would help do is... This is watching the videos. Watching the videos, I would I would be able to look at other teams' crushers and and try to, you know, like tell, give suggestions to to my crushers. Um, you know, I can give two guys, um, Johnny Ryan and Tom Brickman Lewis. Mm-hmm. Um, I would tell now they the guys, raced they, they raced, raced for the, Orange Crush yep. for the last couple of years, 
and at least one of them has matriculated over to the junkyard dogs now. Right. And, um, you know, I tell the guys to watch them because um, I want to say it was 2008. I called what they were doing uh, like tag team crushing. Uh, they'd basically, I don't know whether they did it on purpose or not, but they basically would follow each other. So the one guy would hit the runner, and if he just got a piece of them, the other guy would finish him off. Um, and if that was just, um, I don't know, sheer luck that they were doing it, um, I don't know. But it, to me, it was brilliant. I mean, because, uh, yes, you know, it's a one-two punch. The guy's done, you yeah. know. And Well, you know, there was a hit, uh, I think it was in 2010, on Kyle Shearer when he was with Bad Company, where it was a one-two punch, something very similar to that. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was Elmer Fan, uh, Fandry and... Uh, um, Ron Tarakowski actually yeah. did it. So, so man, and it's two, I had a the two 50, runners 50 on the chance. team. Yeah. Yep, they haven't got them both wrong. But yeah, that was yeah. the same team though. But you know, I mean, you watch it that way. You, you, I mean, I can't sit there and say, oh, you know, I'm going to watch film on uh, Johnny Ryan, and oh, because I watch film, I'm, I'm going to grab tendencies that he does, and uh, I'll be able to, I'll be able to get away from it easier. Yeah, it's. It doesn't work that way because there's so many variants through the race. You know, um, you know, he had a fast runner on his team, and I was a fast runner. Okay, other guys um, were fast. Maybe they weren't as fast. And then you know, you have that kind of stuff you're watching, or if you watch a race against, um, you know, him versus or whatever team he was on versus our team. Um, there's just too much happening. I mean, he yeah. would, he would take different angles or whatever it would be. Um, but the only thing you can do is just try to watch it. And I think the more you watch it, the more familiar, I guess you are with it. But when you're on the track, it's way different than the video, obviously. Yeah. Which is, and I like in, ter- in relationship to demolition derby, whether it's sort of County fair style or team demos, it seems to be one of the very few sports where any type of practice that you could use is wildly different from the actual games. You know, you practice basketball. Like, I played basketball in college, and it's like, you know, the practices, we'd go through the plays and all that that we would use in the games. And the games were sort of like shorter, hopefully more fun versions of the practices. And it's like, that's it. In in the demo, it's like anything you can do to practice, it's like, yeah, no, this is nothing. I mean, you can, you can bench race. You know, that's all that is. Meaning when, you know, all racers do it, bench racing, you know, they, that's what, that's standing at the bench at the tool bench hmm. talking. I mean, it's, if this happens, this is what you do. If that happens, this is what you do. Uh, if he goes over here, you're going to do this. And it's kind of the same, you know, thing with, um, scheming, you know, um, in prior years, um, it would be. Well, this race, Steve, instead of running, you're going to crush. I'd rather run laps. You know, no, we're going to throw them off. You're going to crush. And I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, one guy will be the runner and we're going to go with three crushers. And it's. Are you out of breath from talking? I'm trying not to breathe into the mic. Come on now. Okay. But, you know, like, you know, bench racing, it's where you just, you just talk. About racing and you're racing. Yeah, but in, that, in that only goes so far. It, it does, and that's all you really have with team demos. There's no practice, you know. But you that's all you have with any kind of demo. Well, I mean, I yeah, I mean, with county fair, um, you know, in that, I guess you can actually you're one guy. You can plan a strategy and stick to it. Mm-hmm. Whereas in team demo, 
um, you can go. Um, we're gonna have two two lap runners, two crushers. Okay. Well, your one of your lap runners might get taken, or both of your lap runners might get taken out right You're away. Like, God damn it! I did not plan for this. Yeah, you know, and and then it's just you know you're kind of just flying by the seat of your pants after that. Well, I remember one of the very first things that uh, your brother Chris McGuire told me was that uh, you can always have a plan going in, but the minute the green flag drops, that plan uh, instantly leaves the building. That you know, there's some truth to it, but. Um, you got to stick to some sort of plan. I mean, there's guys, you know, he'll say that, and sometimes he does it, you know. Um, <laughs> he <laughs> wasn't know. lying. Right. You know, I mean, you know, he's a good driver. I mean, he's a I mean, good crusher. I mean, he can run laps, too, um, and he's been doing it a long time. I can't take anything away from him, but, yeah, um, you know, there was a time where we told him we did uh, – um, had an idea – the only time I enforced or imposed my will and said, I have an idea, you know, and took and said, you know, one crusher gets the other crusher on the opposing team for both the crushers, and we'll just drag race the other guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, as soon as the green flag dropped, here goes Chris cutting the infield and, and hits hits a lap runner, and then I get hit by their crusher that he was supposed to have. Yeah. This is like out of turn. This is like. This is right after the green. It's yeah, just like 10 seconds. And as soon as the green flag goes, uh, strategy's out the window. No, <laughs> you got to let it try to work. And then that, when all else fails, do something different. Yeah, that's when you get crazy. Yeah. Well, either way, we're going to. It'll be interesting seeing you, uh, well, waiting back up or uh, sabotaging Andrew Sherman's car. Either way, it's going to be really interesting seeing what goes on this year with you. Yeah, you know, I mean, this. Podcast shouldn't go out for a little while, so I'll just tell you now. I put some remote switches on solenoids, um, <laughs> so bad luck for him, you know. Yeah, bad luck for him and Brian Anderson. I mean, you know, if the cars just keep stop, keep failing at the starting line, it's like, what are you going to do? Yeah, I think I would probably do it to Brian's cars. Let Andrew get out there. <laughs> yeah, Andrew's a nice guy. Brian, yeah. you're like, I, you, Brian, you're like, oh, okay, I can get yeah. around that. I one. mean, he could watch a few races. I think you might learn something. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's how you stay off the wall. I mm-hmm. did not know that. Although I'm telling you, my Brian Anderson drinking game, like whenever he hits the wall, you take a drink. It, I'm going to I'm gonna patent this thing, copyright this thing this year. You watch. It's going to take off. It will. I mean, people get bombed. Yes. It's going to be like my Greg Message driving backwards game, which is a similar drinking game. Every team, we're going to come up with its own. We're going to come up with a good drinking game. That's all there is to it. Well, okay. I'll do it. So I'll do it this year. Hopefully yeah. no one does crap out because I probably will be. <laughs> it's like why? Stuff. Why is that guy driving on? It, it, did Steve lose forward? No, he's just drunk. He was playing the. Uh, he was playing the Greg Message driving backwards game. God damn it! Why is he doing that? All right, Steve, we're wrapping up this one. We will be back again, but uh, I'm glad we got the dust off. <coughs> Still in the air here a little bit, <laughs> but uh, we're we're back and uh, we'll be coming again uh, next week. Sounds good to me. Let's let's get this thing rolling. Word. For Chris Numer and Steve Gersky Jr., go Gersky, go home, or go home with Gersky. I'm John Sensimer. We hope you enjoyed our podcast, and thank you for listening. Behind the Destruction would like to thank our producer, Maura Scher, and Kosher Studios, located in Woodridge, Illinois. Visit them on the web at koshersounds.com. For previous episodes of Behind the Destruction, the latest Demolition Derby news, and columns, you may visit us at BehindTheDestruction.com. <laughs> you are the <just> so <laughs>